Thank you for tuning in to a couple of Kimer's podcasts. I am your co-host, Francesca. People call me Frankie. And I'm your co-host, Christopher. People call me Chris. Today, we are talking about Black History. February, as we know, is Black History Month. And um, what's cool about the internet is we are filming this before Biden and Harris have been inaugurated, but we will be talking about her, Kamala, being vice president and the first woman, the first African-American woman to be, to hold office as far as presidential Vice President. Um, And we're also going to talk about representation in all forms of media and the importance of children seeing themselves in society. What'd you say, bud? With Kamala Harris becoming the first, not only woman, but the first African American to be Vice President, I, I think is really huge in our society and our nation's history because, I mean, the reality is this is a big deal that people, that some people don't realize how significant of a deal it is. I think with the exception of black people and people of color, um, you know, we we this is something that we've been working for and been trying for for years. And, you know, it's really sad that in 2020 or 2021 that we're still talking about the first of something mm-hmm. for black people. And women. And women. Black people and women, especially women, because you hear with other countries and other um nations you know they've already had female presidents or they already have female leaders but here in the United States is something that you know we still struggle with because of our history and the way we view women and black people and people of color is really it's just really sad but on a positive note it is good that we get to witness this history yeah, I know I was very excited um, to know that Biden and Harris made it to, you know, to the to the final election. And um, with Kamala Harris being, you know, she's black, but she's mixed. Um, she's, well, I believe, Indian. Her mother was Indian and her father is black. But I don't think he's African American. Was he African American or was he? He's Jamaican. Jamaican. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, she represents those people of color. And, you know, we as a black community, for the most part, claim her. Um, and it's definitely a big step for women, I've been rooting for women to be, 
you know, president for sure, but vice president's awesome as well. Um, yeah, I just think this is a major step for for our country, um, as delayed as it is. Like Chris mentioned, other nations have been having women as their leaders for decades now. Um, so for us to finally catch up, you know, we think, oh, America, we're so advanced. And we are in some ways, but um, there's a lot of, a lot of flaws, um, a lot of delays, a lot of, you know, we, we think we create things, but it's been done before. We recreate the wheel a lot of times, and we think we're the original, the originators. Um, but I know as far as being a black woman, and remember being a black little girl, um, seeing Kamala Harris, you know, being vice president, um, you know, I I don't see it happening yet because she isn't in office yet as we're recording this. But by the time we release this, she will have been in office for about a month. Um, and everything that happens in January with the, um, while, you know, the old president, 45, was a president, the things that are happening with his followers um, going to the Capitol and and being essentially terrorists. Um, I, I definitely see that we need this change more than ever. Um, and it's inevitable. You know, these people are fighting for the change not to happen, but it's happening. And... You know, they might get a limelight for a second, but it's inevitable. And and actually, I believe these actions will make people truly realize how much there, there needs to be this change and advancement that we always claim to have um, to actually impart it. And um, the black little girl in me is happy, is excited for Kamala and to see what she she'll bring to the table. I think her and Biden are a great pair um, and they deserve a chance. Just like my dad told me when I was upset about the last election, they deserve a chance. You know, I don't think any politician is clean of anything. You know, they're humans just like the rest of us. Um, They've done things in their past and made mistakes, some more grave than others. But... I think Kamala will do great in her position, um, and I hope maybe she'll even run for president one day like Biden did, him being VP. So I think they're a great pair. He's been VP. He knows he knows the ranks. He knows what to expect. He can lead her into it, just like Obama led him into presidency, and, and hopefully we'll have our first black per, you know person of color president woman president if if she proves herself right you know time only time will tell but the representation of her taking um vice presidency is most important for kids to see themselves in her 
especially little girls, like, I'm interested. You know, for me, growing up, I was history, government was boring to me. I didn't. But, you know, maybe, maybe if I saw someone like Kamala Harris, I would have been more excited about it. Maybe would have felt more, you know, it would have felt more attainable. Maybe not, but maybe so. But I'd never seen anyone like myself be president, vice president, anything like that. So, um, and you know, my history books definitely didn't teach me about black women in history who have run things like that. So now Kamala Harris is no choice. She's down in history, so they can't ignore that. No, not at all. And I wish, you know, my mom and other people I know could be here to witness it because, um, like you said, a lot of black girls, girls of different cultures, ethnicities, you know, people of color who grew up and not seeing that in their history books or government books or even on TV or any form of entertainment or what have you, you know, they, this really means a lot for them because so many other cultures get to see examples of representation of what that looks like to be, you know, a young boy or a young girl. And now, finally, for the first time in history, you know, little, like I say, yeah, black girls or girls of different ethnicities and cultures can relate now. They can identify same way in which, you know, a lot of us identified and could relate to the representation that President Obama had, which, you know, I think is going to bring us to our next point in talking about um, representation um, in all forms of media. Um, you know, when you think about representation, um, especially for us as um, black people, um, people of color, you know, it's not really it's not really often or it's not, quote unquote, the norm for us to see it on a regular basis. Yes, we've had periods like on certain TV shows, you know, like black sitcoms and things like that, that will depict a positive image of black families and black life. But then there's also stereotypes, too. And, you know, now it's at a point in 2020, 2021, where um, this is still an issue. You know, I know we've had a conversation about toys and games like dolls and how, you know, it means a lot for you, for our kids to have dolls that look like them. Mm -hmm. Because what some people fail to realize is that when kids interact with each other and they have these objects, these toys, these dolls, these games, you know, this is teaching them from an early age how they see themselves. Mm -hmm. um, you know, me being a mental health professional, um, you know, being that my background is psychology, I am familiar with Dr. Kenneth Clark's Black Dial, White Dial experiment and how significant that is 
you know. Um, but again, it's not just with toys and games. It's also with all things. You know, can you think of any others in terms of representation? Well, I mean, when you were talking about the doll thing, it really hit me. I've shared on my social media platform um, before a picture of um, a little white girl in a toy aisle with full of dolls, and she's looking up at them, and all the dolls are black. And she's just looking. I mean, you can interpret for yourself what the picture's trying to say. Um, it just looks so odd, right? Because you see a little white girl with all these black dolls, and, like, which one is she going to choose? But I remember growing up, that was my reality. I'm It just, you know, flipped the races. I was a little black girl, and I know lots of black girls can speak and have this story that you go to the store and there's only white dolls. And honestly, unless you had a parent that really made it a big deal, um, you didn't think anything of it. You just picked the doll and, and moved on. You might have picked it based on the, the clothes or if she actually, you know, you could feed her or the bottle or whatever. And it, it's so um, normal to see a little black girl or a little girl of color to have a white doll. But when you talk, you know, when it goes the other way around, it's it's a rare sight. And even for myself, you know, seeing that picture just really moved me. It moved me a lot. So definitely representation with toys, um, and I can only speak mainly for little girls just because we don't have any kids yet. So I don't know the little boy experience um, with race. I do know um, I've, I'm not super learned on it, but I know, you know, in comic books, not that that's only for boys, but this is what came to mind. You know, there's not a lot of heroes that are black. I know when Black Panther came out, it was a huge deal, a huge deal. All black people lined up, dressed up. I mean, a huge deal for a movie just because the character is black. I'm not saying that's incorrect. I was right there with them. But it just shows you how how there's a hole there. Because when just one movie that's like positive black superhero everyone's showing up I mean because it's it's a rare thing I mean I know Black Panther I I was never in the comics so I didn't know who he was before that movie came out I mean and Chadwick Boseman did amazing so he definitely did it justice every that movie was amazing and that's another thing you know there's always pressure when you're doing this stuff to do it right because sometimes we only get one shot we get one shot and and that's just the world we live in. It's a lot of pressure, a lot, just a lot when it comes into black films, um, when it comes to the media. And like I said, when it comes to kids and toys, you really got to be careful with that. That's why, you know, as you mentioned, I'm, I'm really big on, you know, my children having a decent amount of black dolls. I don't want them to have all white dolls. That was my experience. To an extent, my mom did, you know, I was born in the late 80s, so um, the world was diversifying a little bit, but not like it is now, and um, 
you know, my mom picked the black doll she could find, but she wasn't going to just limit me, limit me to that because then I wouldn't have many dolls, to be honest with you. Um, but I do also think it's important to have a variety. So if I can find, you know, uh, a doll that looks like they have Asian ancestors or um, just different different things. And I think also I've seen a line of dolls of, of dolls with, you know, quote unquote disabilities, like ones that have crutches and ones that have um what's that skin? Vitiligo. Um, you know, the splotchy skin, you know, the different um spots of skin that are different skin tones um on their body just so kids are familiar, you know, if you're in such a homo homogeneous society where everyone looks the same, nobody's different. When kids encounter someone in a wheelchair, someone, you know, with crutches or someone using a cane because, you know, they are experiencing blindness of some sort, you know, they that's unfamiliar, that's scary. Or someone that, you know, might have a, a genetic disorder like um, Down syndrome or something like that. You know, I think it's all important to introduce your kids to um, because representation matters and not just for that that's you know the under the underserved communities it's for um even those who who are not underserved i mean to put it plainly white people um it's important for white children to be exposed because that's the biggest issue you know of of that to me you know, I want my kids to be exposed and I want them to um, feel confident. And I want them to feel like you're saying that the the doll experiment. I don't want them to think that the, if you guys don't know about that, it's, it's the all children, black or white, that they do the experiment with think that the white child, the white baby doll looking exactly the same, right? That's the, that's the experiment? Yeah, that right? the yeah. right that the white doll they believe is beautiful or pretty, but the black doll um, is ugly. And everything is exactly ex- the same about the doll, except for the skin tone. So it's nothing, no facial expression, no clothing, no anything that's making, um, making changing their decision making except for the skin tone. So I think, and this is white kids and black kids doing this. Um, you know, I think they did have a few who didn't really make a difference, right? Just a few, but majority, you know, it wasn't even, who, who's the mean doll? Who's the nice doll? Who's the smart doll? Who's the dumb doll or whatever? I don't think they said dumb, but stupid maybe. I don't know. But all the negative descriptions, the kids no matter the race, pointed to the black one. And all the positive um, descriptions, they chose the white doll. So I just think it's important. Um, We can only change our little corner of the world, you know, and hopefully that will spread to all the corners of the world. Um, But can you think of any other? I know, well, for boys, I know for myself, like, Comic book characters, absolutely. Um, characters on a cartoon or TV show or in movies, video games. Um, 
you know, they're all related in that a lot of them don't display um, black characters. So when there was a TV show or there was a cartoon that had, you know, black superheroes, that really meant something like the movie Spawn, you know, which featured Michael Jai White in the starring role. And that was, you know, for technical purposes, you know, a lot of people consider that to be the first black superhero movie that came out in 1997 because, you know, this was the first time in the 90s or in recent history that we got to see the lead character, lead superhero be portrayed by um, a black person. I know we were young, but did it get the type of attention like Black Panther got? I don't remember because no. I wasn't really into no. that as a kid. It it didn't, um, which is unfortunate. But, you know, because Spawn was based on a comic book series. But no, it didn't, just like Black Panther was for Marvel. But no, it didn't get the same attention on the same level as Black Panther. And the biggest difference is with Black Panther, you know, all the characters were black. Um, Whereas Spawn, it wasn't really like that as much. Oh, okay. But I bring up Spawn as an example to say, you know, that still meant something for me, um, as well as some other people that I knew who were into superheroes because um, superheroes for a lot of boys represent strength and masculinity and... It was empower- empowering, but when Black Panther came out finally, oh, that it it just soared through the roof. Um, yeah, but I other- think it was empowerment for all black people. Yeah, not just little boys or men. For you know, the oh. whole race, it was like we we can do great things, and we do do great things, and it should be recognized. I think that's the thing. It's not that we lack. Um, Greatness is that we it is often downplayed and we don't get the credit that we deserve. And so when a movie like that gets um, promoted so much and all of that, it's like it's it's a really prideful moment. Um, and I think that's why a lot of times, like with Tyler Perry creating his own studios and his own. Um, yeah, his own studio down in Atlanta. Um, that's because of what's lacked. He was filling a need, filling a void that is that shouldn't <laughs> that shouldn't be there, but it is. So you only have, you know, you can only do so much by trying to get someone else to do it for you. You have to do it. You have to make the changes. Um, if if no one else will. Um, and I think that through the years, that's what has happened. And everyone that has come before us have allowed people like Tyler Perry to have what he has and create what he has created um, in media so that there can be more opportunity, better opportunity to put out the content that needs to be there Um that's how I see it. One more example that comes to my mind is, you know, even with sports. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a huge basketball fan, but I also love football. And, you know, when it comes to football to this day, and I know we've talked about this, you know, in football, professional football, they don't really talk about 
um, the significance that black people have played in the sport, especially since 70% of the league is made up of black athletes. And like I mentioned about quarterback Doug Williams, who was the first African-American quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl, you know, this man does, still to this day does not get the same credit and recognition that players who are white get. And it just shows you that even in today, and there's been two other black quarterbacks to win Super Bowls since him, but it just shows you that, you know, we still have a long way to go for recognition. And not only just the recognition, but understanding that it's re- important for kids to see that. They need to see that to know, like, I'm, it's capable and possible doing that it's as well. It's important for adults to see it, too, I think. Yeah. You know? I mean, we get it deeper than kids, so they're, you know... Their impressionable minds, their sponge-like learning abilities, so they absorb it best so that they can implement it in the future. But even us adults, we can learn and we can change and we can grow. You know, there's things that I, me and Chris were just talking about this the other day. There's things that I used to say with no thought, and I'm, I probably do it still now, and from 10 years from now, I will say, ooh, what was I saying back then? But now I can reflect, you know, in the last decade and be like, man, I really changed in my thoughts of, you know, people. And I don't say what's right or what's wrong, but just being more informed, being more educated on the subject and being like, man, what you were saying and doing and thinking was really problematic. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, recognizing your mistakes especially when it oppresses other people apologizing and making change in yourself and then correcting it in others softly you know i i can't stand someone who you know is on a new journey or been enlightened about something and they're just bashing someone everyone over the head with it that's no way to bring someone into um, to learning that just pushes them away. Like I've seen a lot of people say lately, you know, don't call someone out, call them in, you know, bring them in, talk with them on a personal level. Don't call them out in public. Um, and try to, well, whether you're trying or not, humiliate them or embarrass them. And they just back into a, a wall and, and, in defense mode. So, um, I definitely think that we can learn and grow and we have been, there's lots of different communities. Sometimes I find myself being overwhelmed with things that, you know, I didn't grow up with or I didn't learn or, you know, especially going to college, learning about so many different types of cultures, communities, um, and all that. And, and learning, you know, where they are and are not represented, you know, the struggles that they have and maybe how I've contributed to that in some way or another and doing my best to make that change. You know, education is is key. And once you learn something, there's that's nothing that someone can take away from you. So they can take just about anything, but they can't take your mind and your knowledge. So... That's always 
something I think of. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, like I said, yeah, I just have so many examples of... Keep going. Like I said, with representation, um, you know, recently we celebrated 100 years of the... one. I mean, the 100-year anniversary of the Negro Leagues. And what Major League Baseball has recently done now is that they've taken all the statistics um, from players of the Negro Leagues and incorporated it to the Major League um, record books. So now Negro League players will be fully acknowledged and recognized for their accomplishments to the game of baseball, which, you know, it's, it's very amazing, and I'm grateful to hear that. But, you know, at the same time, I'm just like, you know, there have been so many kids who grew up not seeing too many black um, players. Um, I was fortunate being born in the late 80s as well to see players like King Griffey Jr., Kenny Lofton, um, who, you know, Barry Bonds, who also, you know, were star players. But by the time I got a certain age, they weren't really seeing that anymore. Um, And, you know, it's, again, adults and children you know, need to see this so that way it's reinforcing their beliefs and how they see themselves and know that they can still accomplish that goal with their dreams. Um, other than sports, I, I also think about, um, you know, even in music, you know, uh, Cab Calloway, who, you know, was famous for the song Minnie the Moocher, that was the first for him, for an African-American, that was the first time an African-American um, had a number one song to sell over a million copies. You know, and it's just things like that, again, to know at a time that we weren't recognized or appreciated, um, that someone grew up listening to this type of music, and even fast forward to now in the present, um, just shows you, like, look, we are just as talented, we are just as capable, and not only that, but, you know, we matter as well. And we like to accomplish this goal as much as anyone else. You know, bottom line is, you know, a lot of us, we feel as though we're just, we're just like everyone else. You know, why make it separate? And I think when we um, celebrate these individuals and these different forms of media, it, like I said, just shows you that we are all capable we don't lack anything other than, you know, sometimes access or how our culture sees us. And, you know, we just deserve to have that right. And not only that, but we are humans and we deserve to be treated as such. Agreed. And speaking of sports... I, you know, I'm not a huge sport fan. I've always been surrounded by them one way or another. I have four brothers and a dad, and now a husband who loves sports. So, um, and his family loves sports. (laughs) So, I've been always around it, and I think there have been many, many people, many black um, Americans to make awesome strides, whether recognized or not. Um, in sports. However, I do think that sometimes with black athletes are a little overexposed because 
you know, showing more, you know, black doctors, black nurses, black professionals outside of athletics is important. You know, I, I, I've always loved kids shows one way or another, um, whether, you know, I, I don't know. I just kind of always liked them. And I loved when Doc McStuffins became a thing because oh, she yeah. was a, a black little girl doctor. And I'm like, how great, you know? And yes. um, that this is for young kids and all young kids. Just because the main main character is black doesn't mean it's only for black people. Once again, like I said, I think everyone needs to be exposed to this so that it's not a weird, huh, looking thing when you come across it. Um, And once again, to empower children and even put that in their mind that that's a possibility for them. You know, um, just seeing black athletes doing great things is not enough. You know, there's, I mean, there's definitely room for more black athletes doing great things, but they aren't the only ones that are black. They shouldn't be the only ones that are black and making good money and making the news and and getting the limelight, you know, um, or being seen. And I think you bring up a good point when you bring up um, professionals black professionals who are successful you know you think about and it shouldn't just be in like form of entertainment but you know a lot of times they might show a biopic or even on a tv show like for example hidden figures you know when you think about the three women who were uh, mathematicians working for nasa to help send john glenn to space like that's a huge deal and a lot of black people want to go see it but all people should have watched that movie. And I know when we went to go see it, we had a theater full of people of different cultures and ethnicities in there. And that was um, eye-opening for me. It also made me proud to see that um, not only did a group of black women get recognition and attention for it, but the story was exposed to everyone. You know, it was exposed to everyone, something that I never knew. I never learned in school. My my mom didn't know. My my aunt didn't know. Like, no one that in my family knew about that story. And to me, you know, again, it shouldn't be like that. This is this should be more common knowledge, in my opinion. But, you know, we're, we're still getting there as a country. Um, but, yeah, these were mathematicians. And I see when you said about Doc um, McStuffins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that makes me think about, again... Going back to a show, like, well, you know, like on the Cosby show with Dr. Heathcliff, you know, and you got a lawyer as the mother. You know, those were positive. Even though that kind of backfired. Right. But for our generation, (laughs) before it was backfired, it was inspiring. Yeah. And that. And it was rare to see something like that. Exactly. But we're not going to go too much into that. Right. But it inspired many people to go to college. And yeah, especially the spinoff with um, different world, different world, yeah, yeah. Seeing, you know, college full of black kids. 
Yeah, it you know, it really inspired and motivated people to want to learn and get an education and become professionals. Um, so I totally agree. We definitely need to see more of it from the professional lens and not just from the lens of sports, music, and movies. Um, yeah. This needs to be more encouraged and more exposed. Well, movies, I, I personally think, you know, can be great too because you you can cast and show anything. Yeah. You know, you can show black professionals that are more than just athletes. Um, yeah. So I think there's definitely room in media to to promote black professionals as well. That's true. Mm-hmm. But that's all I got to say for today. How about you, Buff? I think that's all I have to say. I mean, of course, I could always say more, but yeah. I, think I that's mean, drop some knowledge it. on them if you want to say more. Well, um, other than everything that I said up to this point, um, I was just going to say that, you know, history is constantly being made and it shouldn't just be limited to a month mm-hmm. for us as black people. It should mm-hmm. be celebrated and acknowledged all year round. Yes. Um, and not just in, you know, factoids that TV shows may flash on the screen during commercial breaks or um, even just releasing of movies that of stories that we're already familiar with. You know, start telling more of the stories that we're not familiar with, like a Hidden Figures movie. Mm-hmm. You know, bring those more to life. Mm-hmm. So that way other people can know and understand, you know, what it was like for us at whatever point in time and... Again, bring those professional ones out. And I think this is the perfect generation that's ready. That's ready for it. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's long overdue, but I think our generation and the the next generation is definitely ready for it. So yes. I hope that you and your family and friends are celebrating Black History Month in a great way. Yes. Um, and... We can end this podcast with a quote from President Obama. He said, change will not come if we wait for some other person or if we wait for some other time. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the change that we seek. So that's from President Barack Obama. And just change your corner of the world. And it will spread, spread, spread to the next generation to the next household, to the next corner of the world. Oh, yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you. And we'll catch you guys next time. See you.